0: DBM, East Lansing.
1: You think the Pistons are playoff bound? that
0: last play by the Giants totally gave the Reds This MSU off. team deserves to be in a BCS game. Fire Larry.
2: You can't hit in this league, you're garbage. Coming up today on the Spartan Sport Trap, I'm Alex Sharg and welcome back from spring break. The Spartans knocking off Northwestern in Wisconsin, but no Big Ten Championship. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. Now, are, are any of you disappointed that the Spartans could not hold on for a Big 10 championship this past weekend because as many of you had to witness You may have had to root for the Wolverines, or or maybe the Indiana loss, not necessarily a Wolverine win, for the Spartans to guarantee that championship. We'll get to that and a whole lot more at 7.08 after we commence the beginning of this show. Again, I'm Alex Shark. We actually have a special guest. Uh, He's to my left. We'll announce him in just a few minutes. But St. Patrick's Day is right around the corner as well coming up this Sunday. Brandon Knight from the Detroit Pistons got an early St. Patrick's Day present last night. And it rocks the sports nation across the country. We'll get into all of that and the memes that run with it. And also, the San Francisco 49ers, this is breaking news today, they got a little bit of an early present with Anquan Bolden. Yes, that's right. Anquan Bolden rumored, uh, almost official, not quite yet. But coming off, uh, within the last hour, that Anquan Bolden is rumored to be traded to the San Francisco 49ers for a sixth-round pick. Sixth. And as my guest to my left is, is is grinning a little bit, we'll get into a little bit later on and if that is exactly the right value of and a phenomenal receiver. Again, I'm Alex Sharg. Welcome to the Spartan Sport Trap. If it's your first time tuning in, let me explain to you how this show works. We start with MSU Sports first. That's your basketball. That's your football. That's your women's basketball, our men's hockey, who are swiftly moving through the tournament as we speak. And then we jump to local. That's mainly Detroit. Anything that you'd like to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and then we jump to a little bit of national news. Uh, we do have listeners from all over. As far as San Jose State University out west, as far as Miami, Florida, we appreciate the continued support and remind you that we come live Monday from 7 to 8 Uh p.m. We have a special guest each week. Uh, Two weeks ago, we had Clarissa Bell, the guard for the women's basketball team at Michigan State, who is having a phenomenal season and, of course, has led the Michigan State women's team in the tournament this year. They, unfortunately, lost a close one to Purdue. We'll get into that a little bit later as well. Uh, Last week, we had Josh Mansour, who is the beat writer for the State News. He talked about that football team, the Combine, uh, what the pro potential really seems to for a couple of these guys. But now we have Dan Cryer. Who is a PhD student in the School of Journalism. He also is studying uh, media and information sciences. Specializing in team affiliation in sports research. He's also an assistant for the MSU Athletic Communications so the right guy to have on as we talk about this Michigan State basketball team he's been at most of the games this year he's followed this Tom Crean argument a little bit and we'll get into that at about 7.25 and how the Tom Crean argument will affect the Michigan State Spartans. Dan Great to have you, first off. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to come on with us today and giving us your expertise. Uh, second, uh, tell me, uh, based off that game last night uh, with the Michigan and Indiana loss, uh, I don't know if you caught much of the game. Were you were you rooting for a Michigan win or an Indiana loss? Or, or Or what do you think that does for this Big Ten tournament leading into it this
0: week? Okay, well, first off, I'd like to say thank you very much for having me on. This is great. This is a great opportunity. So I just want to say hi to everybody listening right now. Um, in response to what you just asked me, now, are you kidding? I don't care who the enemy is. <laughs> you want a Big Ten championship. That's what I think. So I was rooting for Michigan to beat Indiana, but yes, I was wishing that Indiana would lose so Michigan State could get that title. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. It was a pretty big meltdown there, but uh, that's the way it rolls in uh, Michigan State. <laughs> doesn't doesn't really change anything because the NCAA tournament is the goal and the Final Four and higher is the goal.
2: The goal and it's going to keep rolling. That's right. If you are upset, if you are upset that 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 Dan and even myself, what if we rooted for Michigan? Does that upset you? We want to remind you that you may call in for the entire show. We actually are getting a call right now. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three is the number. Again, five one seven four three two three eight nine three. If you'd like to talk about anything on the show, if you'd like to suggest a new topic. We'd love to hear from you and appreciate the support. We we want to also remind you that you can also tweet. The Twitter handle is at 89FMSportTrap. We take your tweets every week. Uh, We'd like to hear some of your bantering back and forth. Uh, We also have our, our annual score of the week, which we'll get into in just a minute. Uh, which is a, a weekly trivia question And you have the opportunity to win yourself a prize Courtesy, in past weeks We've had Peter Pitt, we've had Kosey, uh We've had Nebo, we've had some movie passes So in past weeks, you'll hear about all kinds of prizes But uh, basically, uh, we ask a question And if you get the question correctly If you're the lucky winner uh, you will have the opportunity to win. Unfortunately, this week, we're not going to do the score of the week, but in future weeks, we will. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Uh, we do have some callers, which we'll get into in just a minute. Uh, but but Dan, just to start off, we we'll, uh, we actually had this Chad Ocho Zero segment. We're going to move that into later in the show. Uh, well, let's just start it off right away, uh, yep. especially for the caller. He can hear us right now. Uh, starting it off right, right away, uh, of course, with the Indiana win. Of course, like you said, you were rooting for Michigan to win, regardless if you actually wanted Michigan mm-hmm. to win. Yeah. Because, of course, that would enhance the Spartans. But there's a whole bunch of seeding. Because as Indiana won, they won the Big Ten Championship. And with that Big Ten Championship win, this creates a little bit of a division in the Big Ten. There's some debate what the standings would be like with Ohio State. There's debate whether Michigan or Michigan State should get the nod as number 3, as the number 4 seed. Uh, there's also... Oh, a little bit of bantering back and forth about, uh, as we saw from CBS, Ohio State getting a little bit of a nod opposed to Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, and then, of course, Michigan State, they have the winner of the Iowa and Northwestern game as we saw them take on Northwestern this weekend and barely squeak by with a 10-point win. Uh, first off Dan, uh as someone who does study uh sports research and team affiliation, uh how do you think that plays into the rankings and what what is your take on uh maybe Ohio State getting a little bit of a nod over Michigan or Michigan State?
0: Well, I mean, I think from a research standpoint, uh we can we can look at this and just say let's look at it like who is the better team? So, of course, every team has its fan base and its out-group animosity towards its hated rivals. We have it here at Michigan State, but who in the Big Ten likes someone else from the Big Ten? So what the committee's going to do is break down every record of every team to see who matches up against whom. And when you talk about Ohio State, their season got the biggest boost it possibly could have when they went into Indiana on senior night and knocked them off. That made... The huge difference. And Aaron Kraft is getting to the bucket. He's scoring when he needs to. He's bringing the whole team more scorers than than just Deshaun Thomas. So Ohio State is now becoming the team that they always wanted to be. So they're they're more dangerous than they have been at any point this season.
2: Sure. And then, of course, as Michigan State faced them, we saw really how dangerous they could be. Uh, and, and along with them, I mean, Let's just go- talk about this Iowa yeah. uh, Northwestern game because as we've seen Northwestern, their 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 perimeter threats, uh, we've seen this Iowa team have a little bit of trouble, uh, uh, you know, uh, with some other Big Ten foes this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, after seeing Michigan State, th- this this wasn't just a close game uh, this past weekend, but uh, it was also a close game earlier this year as as Northwestern uh, basically crept up on the uh, we're creeping up on the Spartans in, yeah. the, in the late game. Uh, would you want to see northwestern dan or, or or are you more of an Iowa guy in this one?
0: Well first off you got to be careful for what you wish for so I mean you you take who you get and you deal with them how you have to. Iowa finished nine and nine in the big ten that's an impressive mark because teams like Illinois and Minnesota who both most experts think are locks. middle tier teams right. along with eight and ten in the Big Ten. So you say is Iowa really better than them, and does Iowa have something to bring? So maybe Iowa's a dangerous team. Northwestern they run that dribble handoff backdoor cut offense that opens up a lot of corner three pointers that we saw them hit in the second half yesterday. Right. So Michigan State was susceptible to giving up some open threes there. Um, I. I think that Michigan State's obviously gonna be favored in either either of those matchups, but uh, no matter who you play, you just have to have to do the analysis beforehand and, and see see you have to play bigger than both teams is what you have to do. And I think we have size on both those teams.
2: For sure. Let's jump to the phones. You are on the Spartan sports rap. Would you like to see Michigan State take on an Iowa or Northwestern? Or are you feeling more that Michigan State deserves a little bit more of a ranking? Do you think they, they should be more in that top number two or number three ranking? Hello, you there. You're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Who's this?
3: This Elmo from Detroit.
2: Elmo, welcome on? to the show. Uh, Elmo, I don't know if you've been following a little bit of uh, this Big Ten madness. Uh, of course, Michigan State in the Big Ten tournament, they get a bye this week, and then they have the opportunity to face Iowa or Northwestern. Uh, did you catch uh, that Northwestern game on Sunday, Elmo? And, and who would you like to, to face specifically?
3: Well, you know, I'd I like to see Michigan State uh, play Iowa as opposed to Northwestern. I think Northwestern is a tricky team uh they 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 they're, they're a team that could you know they could upset anyone i mean they they've a nice squad they get, they play well together or i think Iowa is more um i don't i don't think they have a this season together
2: yeah, but the, the uh, thing is, Elmo, is that there are a lot of teams in the Big Ten that, that, that could accept any, that, could, uh, that could beat anyone. I mean, you see, it like like Dan's mentioned, You know, there's the Minnesota teams, there's those Illinois who, who can come in there with an 8-10 and 10 record and, and would surprise a team regardless if, if they're a heavy favorite. But uh, my big question for you, and which we haven't really gotten to yet, uh, is more of the rankings because now with Indiana winning that Big Ten championship, uh, Michigan State, Tom Izzo saying that you're, you will not be disappointed i mean Elmo, are you sensing a big tournament run or what exactly uh, what what are your thoughts on this big 10 basketball right now
3: well you know i i think it's wide open um, i don't think there's any real you know favorite in the big 10 they're, i think they're all pretty you know equal and a day by day basis so you
2: you want you want to make indiana the number 1 favorite you think it's all pretty I, even with indiana in there i i think it's all pretty even Interesting. Now, Dan, what are your thoughts on all this? Comment?
0: It's funny because uh, at first I'm, I'm thinking Indiana's the top top team and and possibly the best team in the entire nation. And then I remember they were down five points with 52 seconds to go in the game yesterday. Now, granted, that wasn't a neutral court site, but uh, Indiana has it. But any game can go any way for any of these teams. I mean, the Big Ten honestly is better top to bottom than what I've seen in decades.
3: I agree. I agree. They're they're all pretty at the, near the top. You got. Illinois, Ohio State, Minnesota, they could, all, right. they could all upset any of these Big 10 teams.
2: Right. Oh yeah. Now 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 Elmo, uh, we're going to get into this actually right now and we're going to do these rankings later Dan, but uh, uh Elmo, I don't know if you if you if you heard about this, but after the game Elmo, uh Tom Crean, the head coach for Indiana, uh had a little argument with uh the Michigan assistant coach Jeff Mayer. Uh, did you catch that at all Elmo?
3: I didn't catch it, but I heard there was some comments that were made.
2: Right. And and basically what happened was Tom Crean, after the win, it was a very close game, of course a one-point game, a very hard foul out to the end, a lot of close plays from Trey Burke and and even Tim Hardaway down the stretch. But uh, what really happened, Alma, was that Tom Crean, as soon as the game was over, went up to the coaches on the Michigan side, greeted Jeff Mayer, who was a former assistant coach at Indiana back from 06 to 08, during their former era, where they were in trouble for recruiting violations. Now, of course, rumor has it that it could have been the past coach from Indiana. Then it may not have. It could have been the Samson era. It may not have been uh, necessarily Jeff Mayer's doings. But Tom Crean, instead of saying good game, instead of greeting the players, shaking their hands, he walks up to Jeff Mayer and starts ranting at him. You wrecked the program. You ruined the program. This is what you deserve. Now, Elmo. First off, we're going to get to it in a second on how this will affect the Spartans, but uh, besides the sportsmanship aspect, I mean, you said it's pretty even. D- does that argument have anything to do with Indiana being dead even, like you said with everyone else? Do you think that that may be a distraction for this Indiana team uh, when it comes to you know being the outright favorite at all?
3: No, I don't think so. I don't think it'll have any effect on that. I, I think if anything, it just shows bad sportsmanship on behalf of the coach of Indiana. For sure. I think a typical, typical Indiana coaching is Bobby Knight days, back in the <laughs> days when you guys, before you guys were around.
2: Right. Elmo, appreciate your call as always. I appreciate it. All
3: right. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thanks.
2: So that was Elmo from Detroit with some comments, but let's jump back to us. Sure. Uh, of course, uh, he said he doesn't think it will have an effect. I, I honestly do, Dan. I, I personally feel that with the fact that Media has jumped on Tom Korean after this happened. You know they asked him about what he said. He said, "Oh, it was a misunderstanding. I'm sorry sure. I'm sure they're going to start to look into it. they'll start calling jeff Mayer's sources uh, i I don't know, but I, I could see this as a blow
0: up. It seems like there's absolutely no reason to have done it. You just got what was the biggest win of the season because you are the sole big Ten champion for this this season for the first time in two decades. And instead of the media discussing Indiana's greatness and how they're probably going to get the number one overall seed in the tournament, we're looking at this distraction. So I mean, we don't know what the effects will be, but there's no reason to put negativity on something that great that just happened for your team. That's the way I look at it.
2: Yeah, and of course the negativity you know may not spread uh, just within that you know with that Indiana team, but the negativity. Uh, it's going to spread with sportsmanship, like I almost said, sure. and and of course that that's going to set a precedent. I mean, the last time we've seen some quarrels after a game was I, I can't remember when. Uh, especially, I mean, this is Big Ten tournament. This yeah. isn't just you know a, a second game of the season. Uh, it, it's not like this was when Tom Izzo's uh, nephew came to play and he's you know like a no, a no nothing game. This was a Big Ten championship, uh, Big Ten tournament championship kind of kind of stocks for that game. So uh, I want to hear from you if you're listening. 517-432-3893. Will the Tom Crean argument have any effect with Indiana's performance in the Big Ten tournament? And and more so, will it have any effect with them in the NCAA tournament? We'd love to hear from you. Feel free to tweet at us at 89FMSportsRap. FM We'd love to take uh, your tweets. We'll read them on the air as they come in. Uh, we've had some tweets in the past, some, some really good ones. So uh, we'd like to see some new ones floating around. Uh, but more so, let, let's get into this, Dan, is mm-hmm. the, the Tom Crean argument. And, and basically, when Indiana faces Michigan State again, uh, it's going to be a totally different matchup. Of course, the Crean is a respect. We've seen it throughout the year. Uh, I wonder if Tom Izzo is going to look at what he did, and I'm, I'm sure he'll give his answer that it didn't mean anything. Uh, he's more focused on the game. He'll probably give a straight answer. But, you know, when you, when you think about it, if you're Tom Izzo, and this was a guy— that not only you coach with, but you were mentored with. You you, you had that relationship with them and that sportsmanship that went along with, with not only being a coach, but just being a leader. And I'm sure that Tom Izzo may look at this and be like, you know what? That's not cool, Tom Crean. Uh, what do you think about that? Well,
0: uh, first off, uh, uh, Michigan State's going to need to probably get through Iowa and then Ohio State to get to that Big Ten tournament final. And, and Indiana's probably going to have to get through Illinois or Minnesota. That's guaranteed. And then and then Michigan. And so we have – actually, is Michigan the fifth seed or the fourth? Yeah, I think Michi-
2: is- Michigan I think actually might be the third because mi- – because Michigan State's playing the winner of the five eleven. Right.
0: Okay. So the beauty of all of this Tom Crean business is, I think it's it's directed towards the University of Michigan. It's by the University of Indiana. Look at Michigan State. Hey, let's just take care of our own business. We kept our mouth quiet. We we're just going to play hard nosed basketball, and we're not going to try to confuse anybody. So that's a pretty good. Right. It's I an I, I,
2: I like this team. I mean, yeah. compared to most years last year, you know. This, we had a lot of incidents with, with Derek Nixon in the, in the off season uh, you know from from transferrings mm-hmm. you know during the year. Uh, there's a lot of distractions. And like you said, take care of your own business, stay quiet. I mean besides for you know back when we've had our deep runs in the tournaments, uh, when it comes to the NCAA tournaments, I mean, this is a team that has been quiet compared to most teams.
0: And it's a team that has such potential that really hasn't manifested in, oh my goodness, look how terribly they played. It's 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 like you want more from them. You want a little bit more from Valentine. You say, look at how many great things Gary Harris brings to the team. Let's get a little bit more from him. Look at the focus that Appling can bring. Let's get some more from him. You got the athleticism of of Payne and Dawson on the rebounding. Then you have Knicks underneath. You have everything a team could want going into the, the, the postseason. Anything, especially the NCAA tournament, when you're in a neutral court where there are people could be more nervous. The teams are going to be nervous. Michigan State just has one way to play basketball. It's not a flashy way. It's it's the way they play.
2: Right, The Tom is away, it's holding its precedent Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Again, we'd like to welcome our special guest Dan Cryer Who is a PhD student here at Michigan State University Starting sports research In team affiliation So of course, as Dan has preached so far <laughs> uh, It definitely sure does matter When it comes to Tom Korean And, and, and basically his effect with his team uh, Also uh, Some breaking news uh, Before we jump to a quick break in 8 minutes Michigan State guard Gary Harris, the guy who Ezo has said simply, quote, has just fit, uh, is one Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Congratulations to Gary Harris. Uh, As we are going to get into the ratings in just a minute as we move on to our little new segment here, uh, we'd love to hear your opinions. Uh, We're going to start to get into right now Michigan State basketball rankings for the season as Michigan State... Ended their year with the Northwestern game last night. It's time to take a step back and grade the Spartans. Uh, coming in with a lot of question marks. Coming in with, uh, even during the season, we saw a transfer from Brandon Kearney. Of course, there's been some ups and downs with this team. But just starting it off with Gary Harris winning freshman of the year. Man, what does that do to this team, Dan?
0: It's it's a validation of everything he's done. And it's really A validation of his consistency because he's thrown in those games where you say, look at this guy go. But for the most part, he's going to rebound. He's going to play phenomenal defense for a freshman. He's a strong leaper so he can get your rebounds, but he is a reliable player, and every coach and every teammate wants somebody you can rely on, so the the validation from the media in the Big Ten Freshman of the Year, that's going to have people like CBS talking about him during the tournament, and now the other teams are going to say, oh boy, we better watch out for the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. It's a little mental advantage when you, when you look at the intangibles.
2: No, that's a great way to look at it. Those intangibles, uh, where you play, I'm sure a lot of nerves even go into a lot of his games, so of course, Hats off to you, Gary. Uh, you you definitely deserve that. Uh, also to note, he's the first MSU player ever to win the award. So very historical, well, Mark, as we uncover it live on the Spartan Sports Rap, uh, WDB Emmys Lansing, 88.9 FM. Uh, just to let you know, if you're in your car, let's say you're walking to your house, feel free. You can listen to us online, stream us live. You can go to impact89fm.org. Uh, you can go to the Listen Live link. You can find that on the top right corner of the screen. Uh, and you can stream us live uh, wherever you are. If you're not in the state of Michigan, if you're not in the East Lansing area, you can listen to us any, everywhere, as people have done in Miami, Florida, and San Jose State University, the entire country. Uh, but uh, moving on from Gary Harris, uh, let's get into more of that guard play in Keith Appling. Uh, we've seen it. You know, some of the inconsistencies when, when big games count. You know, Some turnovers racking up, some following yes. out late games. Uh, you know, this was our guy. This was his team. He's kind of taken ownership of that team. We've seen a lot of things that he said, uh, you know, after games. Uh, and, and Tom Izzo has, uh, has also enhanced that leadership responsibility onto him. Uh, uh, what, how would you grade Keith Appling, Dan, uh, uh, especially someone who has been to most of the games this year? Yeah. Uh, you, you have interviewed Keith in the locker room.
0: I'm going to give him a solid B-plus this season. And it would have been an A or an A-minus had one man with the name Burke not done a certain steal at the end of another game. But I'm sure Appling's going to remember about uh, pivoting with his dribble and, and not leaving the ball out there. I mean, he is a a consistent force. I wouldn't want any other player out there. Uh, he, he he can drive the lane, hit the he can pull up on the mid range, he can take to the bucket, he can throw it down with two hands. We learned yesterday, right. and, and
2: it's funny you said you wouldn't want any other player out there, and there are many people I know when you compare Trey Burke to Keith that would take Trey
0: Burke. Now, see Trey Burke. He, now he's gonna he's probably gonna get national player of the year, but uh, there's just something that, that there about Trey Burke that seems a little too maybe NBA right now for for me. And and I mean that Keith Appling is the perfect collegiate guard. He's gonna he's gonna get you 11 to 15 points. He's gonna get you five or six assists. But he's really gonna hit the the shots that matter when you need the shots to go down.
2: And that's where I want him. Sure. And and, and like you said, uh, he's consistent. Uh, but with the Big Ten tournament coming up, I mean that ranking from a B plus can easily change an A-plus just like that, uh, and even the NCAA tournament. So, of course, a lot to see with him, uh, but let's unravel it a little bit more and jump to the big men, uh, Derek Nix and Keith Appling. Uh, Nix, of course, with a career-high six assists. Uh, we've seen him uh, with his playmaking ability throughout the year. Yeah, uh, He's got some pretty good court vision. Uh, he's made a lot of strides, especially I don't think any of us thought that he'd be uh, this successful uh, after, you know, back in June when he had all these issues going on. Uh, but of course, Izzo making him captain—a lot of trust in Derek Nix. He certainly proved to us that he can certainly handle it. Uh, uh, first of all, after the rating, I—what mm-hmm. do you think his life will be like after basketball? Does, does he, after college basketball, yes. does he have any pro potential like Adrian Payne might?
0: He has the size, and he does have the pivoting footwork that that. Sh- i think a team might want to take a chance on him and a I little, mean, he, little project yeah i mean i i doubt he's a first rounder but uh with someone with that kind of low down size you're, you're not going to push him off the block and yesterday especially he showed that when you get double teamed you got to be ready to kick that ball back out and that's essentially what nba basketball is to the post double team comes pivot out kick it for a jumper and uh he's shown more than like you just like you pointed out he's shown a lot of growth this season and consistency He's even made a couple right-handed hooks this season. So he's got both hands, but, you know, he's going to duck under with that pivot and hit that left-handed layup if he needs to.
2: Right. And then, I mean, we've seen players with those big friends. We've seen the the Glenn Big Baby Davis, you know. We've seen, you know, the younger Shaq, you know, when he first came out. But, you know, I, for me, I I see Derek Nix being one of those those low-post players. You know, he's not going to be as mobile as probably most of the other players. Uh, and, if, and of course, he lost weight. But if he gains even more muscle, and he, like you said— He's got the quick pivot footwork. Uh, he may be a little bit of a, a project that teams may want to look into. Uh, he could be just that. So, uh, and that, that's my take on it. But we'd love sure. to hear from you, too. 517 432 3893. Of course, coming back from break, I'm sure a lot of calls are going to be a little bit quiet today. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you as we have Dan Cryer, PhD student, studying sports research uh, and team affiliation. Uh, one more, we'll go one or two more guys uh, before we jump to a quick break. Uh, Let's start it off with Adrian Payne. Uh, of course, a little bit slower start than obviously with double doubles uh, flying through uh, game by game. Uh, he's probably been probably the most valuable on this team besides Keith, if not the most.
0: There was a Wednesday night about three or four weeks ago where we were at Penn State, and I think he just he clicked it clicked on. I mean, I don't, I, I can't remember the exact stats from the game, but he, he was close to 20 points, double yeah. double, yeah, close 16 to, boards, I think, yeah, was. unbelievable, and and he hasn't let up, and he and Brandon Dawson look like two of the best leapers I've almost ever seen. I mean, their heads wow. are at the rim, ever seen? It's it's insane. Payne has an upside, and and we were debating, my friends and I were debating today. I mean, he's got one year of eligibility left. I mean, the, if he can channel what he has now into a tournament run. Maybe may not goodbye, either. but 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 Payne has something going on, and, and,
2: means- and wouldn't that be scary? If Adrian Payne goes and he has a great tournament run, how would you look at this team next year? Sure, there's only one senior leaving. If not, maybe Adrian Payne as well. Of course, Brandon Dawson. You yeah. still might have, hoping that he, you know, with his tools, he may even go. I, uh, yeah. But you know what? I mean, scary. I mean, You've got Ghana. You've got Russell Bird, who's <laughs> uh, you know a little bit inconsistent. Birds Nest has been great but sure. uh, but you know what I don't know I, I I look at that team I look at that roster and with Adrian Payne not in there I'm almost
0: scared the 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 thing that Adrian Payne needs to develop which he you can see him trying to develop is the is the is the mid-range jumper and at that point if Adrian Payne can start sticking that 15 to to 16 put because he's he's attempted more threes near the end of the season but if he can get consistent on his jumper he becomes a, a a very very highly ranked player. So
2: now, final rating from you, sure. for Adrian Payne. You're gonna give him an A. You're gonna give him the A minus.
0: We're gonna give him a solid B.
2: Solid B. Solid okay. B. And
0: and he has so much potential. If, if Adrian Payne, I'm, I have so
2: pure potential. You'd probably give him an A.
0: And, and and his he was having an average season C and then he just picked it up and and I want to see more from him because he can take it to that A grade level
2: exactly Dan uh of course you got to get going I want to appreciate you for being on here but just before you go sure. uh, just talk about a little bit about you know what you do with the athletic communications program what you're working on and basically what this college basketball knowledge and experience and and, and what that does to help you with what with what you're working on
0: well well. Just like I said, thank you for having me here. This entire experience at Michigan State for the last two semesters has been wonderful. Everyone at MSU Athletic Communications is wonderful to work with. Uh, You know, John Lewandowski, Ben Flieger, Jim Donatelli, Matt Larson, all the other people that I work with are so nice. And they're giving me the opportunity to help with statistics, to learn the ins and outs of how sports information works. So that's great. At the graduate school for for my program through the School of, of Journalism, I work with Dr. Steve Lacey, with Dr. Bob LaRose, with Dr. Lucinda Davenport. They are all giving me opportunities to to explore sports as as academic research, research. And, and it's not something that's taking second fiddle or looked at as less scientific. The, this is a, a way to sociologically study human behavior because every city, every town has its own team, and everybody really affiliates with the team that they grew up with. And and for me, being new to Michigan State, I'm now affiliating with Michigan State because there's just something about being where you are and, and really taking in the team that that's close to you, so. So
2: and, and if 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 uh, if people like me, if, if those listeners want to find more information on some of your works coming out, well, where can they go uh, to to look more into your team affiliation research?
0: Well, I've I've started a blog, just a plain blog, just to introduce myself. It's it's called Spearmint Sports, like S P E A R M I N T. It's kind of like Spartans, kind of like Green. And uh, that's a And uh, uh, that it's a WordPress blog it's just going to talk about the research I've done in the past uh, semester and what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be updating it with the research I'm doing this semester. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to uh, get into uh, some of the more uh, inner thoughts of, of Michigan State students and what they feel and, and, and what what affiliating with Michigan State means to them.
2: Absolutely. So if you're a Spartan fan out there, you want to understand your affiliation with that with that team this year, Dan might have the answer for you. Dan, thanks again for everything, man. Well, thank Great you, you have very me. much. Uh, we'll be back with more sports after this short break. Keep staying tuned. WDBM East Lansing 88.9. The Impact.
0: You're listening to
2: Impact Exposure. now back to Impact Exposure welcome back to Impact Exposure I'm Alex Sharg on the Spartan Sports Wrap 88.9 wdb slamsing i want to remind you you can call in we have open line for the rest of the show uh, thanks a lot for dan cryer phd student who's studying team affiliation uh, again like he said you can you can go to the spearmint sports wordpress blog and you can find out maybe how you are so affiliated with your spartan team and, and basically what's grown on to you so much some pretty interesting stuff i'm definitely gonna check that out uh, but uh like i said four three two three eight nine three is the number we'd love to hear you call in we just started to give some some Spartan grades. We we broke down Keith Appling. We broke down Derek Nix, uh, Adrian Payne. There's a lot to get to, uh, but with with all of this going on with Michigan State basketball, the hype, with the Big Ten tournament right around the corner, we want to get these 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 season grades and some of the previews for the tournament in right away. Uh, if you're just tuning in, earlier we talked about Tom Crean's blow up uh, last night against the Michigan the Michigan Wolverines and how that will affect this Indiana team. And and even the run in the Big Ten tournament uh, and NCAA for that matter, uh, but yeah, it, it could affect the Spartans. There's a little debate on whether Tom Crean's blow up will will really affect an Indiana basketball team, uh, but even more so, uh, the the debate really lies within within Jeff Mayer, uh, how he's going to handle it, how the NCAA is going to handle it. If you'd like to comment on that, we would love to hear from you. Also, want to remind you, we have our Twitter handle at. 89 FM sports rap you can tweet at us at all times we'll be sure to respond to your tweets and even read a couple over the air so just want to remind you every show you can do just that uh, right here on 88.9 uh, moving on from <clears throat> from Adrian Payne of course he had a little bit of a slow start uh, his potential his grades of course fluctuating a little bit but now we've got Brandon Dawson I mean this is a guy who throughout the years, He's had a little bit of trouble. And what I mean by that is Brandon Dawson, with his injury, uh, leadership in g- late-game situations has been a question mark. Uh for some big plays coming up a little bit short, you've seen his knees tweak a little bit, of course, coming after that injury. Uh, how would you grade him? But personally, after looking at Brandon Dawson, uh, I mean, of course there are some games this year. He could have played a little bit better in the stretch. Uh, I'd personally give him about a B minus. Uh, I, I, I personally don't think he's close to an A rating at all. Uh, I think that, I mean, he's done his job at the small forward position, but I think there's more that can be done. Uh, Another thing to note, we'll move on now, is defense. This Michigan State defense team is third in the Big Ten, 59 points per game. 59. Now, if you're a Big Ten team and you're coming to play the Michigan State Spartans, I mean, with after seeing all the steals they average, after seeing what they can put up on defense, man, this, is, this looks like a good team. A team that is leading, not leading, but is high up there in defense opposed to offense, they're a little bit lower in offense, but a team that can showcase their defensive abilities, I think will go pretty far in the NCAA tournament. I mean, I'd love to hear from you. 517-432-3893. 3, 3, how good has this defense been this year in some of these players? How would you grade that bench? How would you grade the disappointments of Russell Byrd? And how would you grade Denzel Valentine in his first year? We'd love to hear from you. Feel free to tweet a call in. Uh, moving on now to offense uh, and even a little bit of rebounding, uh, Michigan State, uh, I think, was like ninth in the, in the Big 10 in rebounding, so not their best. Derek Nix and Adrian Payne, obviously, with their size. Payne, obviously, with with all of his statistics, doing most of the rebounding for the Spartans. Uh, but, but along with Adrian Payne, uh, you, you've got to look at Derek Nix's ceiling. Uh, like Dan said before he left, Derek Nix, with his pivot foot, with, with the way that he can hit shots in the post, he's definitely a project that, that many people would probably want to take a chance on. And when it comes to rebounding, that's probably one of the skills that he can improve the most getting up there and getting up there with hustle, keeping his hands up high, and basically getting to the rim. So, of course, we'd love to hear from you on any thoughts on this Michigan State Spartan basketball team's rankings. Uh, of course, Dan and I gave our own personal rankings, but we'd love to hear from you. So, before we move on to the Detroit Lions, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, call us up 517 432 3893. Moving on now to the Detroit Lions. Oh, free agency, period. Yes, it's been going on all week. And like we said at the beginning of the show, the 49ers are getting an early St. Patrick's Day present. That's right. They're going to go cheers up for that because Anquan Bolden is reportedly a 49er. That's right. And the rumor is that the 49ers for Anquan Bolden gave up a sixth-round pick. Sixth. Not first, not second, not a player, but a sixth-round pick. If you look at any Detroit Lion... And you look at the last time a Detroit Lion was successful as the sixth pick. Blanks. Now, Anquan Bolden is a guy that is a little bit feisty. And the reason is being, uh, the Ravens, with Ed Reed and what he wants, uh, contract negotiations are slim. Anquan Bolden obviously proving that he deserves to be that top-flight guy in that organization— the Ravens asked for him to take $2 million less from the fit to, for them to fit some pieces together, for them to fit Ed Reed's salary in the block. So, of course, Ed, uh, Anquan Bolden they got rid of uh, probably purely based on that salary cap and negotiations. They thought maybe they were going to let him go, but they got some value. So maybe instead of letting Anquan Bolden go, they got some value in it and just traded him away. And hopefully uh, that 49er team can, can sign Bolden to some kind of long-term deal. And boy... With the 49ers and Anquan Bolden, man, is that scary. With the 49ers as much of a surprise they were this year, they might be the outright favorite for the Super Bowl. Uh, Anquan Bolden, as much as he has proven himself as a veteran, just that simple addition might put them, just purely based on playmaking ability, as a Super Bowl contender. Do you agree? Do you think that San Francisco, with the addition of Anquan Bolden, uh, is that contender? Or do you think that the 49ers... Got such a sweet deal. Did the Ravens get gypped in this one? Uh, a sixth round pick for Anquan Bolden. What? 5174323893. Uh in terms of the Lions in free agency, uh, there's a lot going on with that you should know about. Uh rumors had it that Kaysen, the former cornerback for the Chargers, he might be a suitable option. But there's one thing I want to look at when it comes to cornerback options for the Detroit Lions that's breaking today. And it comes with the news that D'Angelo Hall has been released from the Washington Redskins. That's right. D'Angelo Hall, the man who uh, counts for $8 million against the Redskins cap, has been released. That's right. Uh, Whether that is a good move for that team, uh, whether that is uh, a little bit of a worrisome deal for the Detroit Lions, would you be willing to spend two more years on his six-year contract, $54 million deal deal he signed at the end of 2008. So D'Angelo Hall being released, he's got two years left. The Lions obviously needing a cornerback, but there's been some criticisms with D'Angelo Hall. Some some of the criticisms have been the fact that, hey, uh, big plays, blown coverages wasn't really his thing. Uh, Washington defense ranked 30th in the league. When you're spending $54 million on a cornerback that, Can't really anchor that off uh, that defense going back to uh, you know back in the 05 04 era with the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you saw Sam Madison anchor that team, Uh, regardless if Jason Taylor was there or not. But we've seen cornerbacks anchor teams. We saw Dre Bly anchor that line defense back in 07 08. I mean, regardless if there are not many other playmakers on that team, you can rely on a corner. And he can make that much of a difference on team. We saw with Dre Bly. If the Lions didn't have Dre Bly, the the defensive rankings for the Detroit Lions would have been pitiful. It would have been probably in the, the the bottom five of the league, non-existent, and and laughable. Now you look at D'Angelo Hall, and besides the fact that yeah he does have a cap on him, but the other thing to look at is the restructuring of contracts. To take advantage of a year of uncapped salaries in the NFL during the 2010 season. I mean, the Redskins, they were penalized thirty six million dollars and then split the penalty over the two thousand twelve and two thousand thirteen season, which may have led to the dropping of D'Angelo Hall. Uh, that's the other thing as well, is the legal issue in violations of the NFL's uncapped year. Uh, and then that that's a whole nother conversation with with salary caps and 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 how they should basically fend off situations like that. But Again, would you be willing to take a, a hand on D'Angelo Hall? Uh, is he worth the $6 million in two years that you would feel comfortable anchoring that cornerback position for the Detroit Lions? I mean, we've seen Dre Bly. Uh, this year we saw all kinds of corners. Uh, Bill Bentley being the leader. Uh, I mean, he's a four-fifth-round pick that had to uh, slowly anchor that defense unexpectedly, but uh yeah, uh, I'm not so not so sure that D'Angelo Hall may be the option. They may want to look at Antoine Kaysen, but it is a thought. I would just I just thought I'd bring that up, considering it is breaking news. Uh, another position that the Lions are looking to make a splash in free agency is the running back position. That's right, Reggie Bush. That's right, high flying Reggie Bush. Uh he reportedly according to M Live is receiving some sales pitches from from some Detroit Lion players. I mean, we've seen it with colleges, we've seen it with uh Michigan State players trying to recruit a couple a uh, couple football basketball players to come play here. Uh but now you're seeing it from the professionals. Uh how badly does this Lion team want Reggie Bush? Uh let's hear it from some Detroit Lion players. Uh according to Anwar Richardson from M Live, Nate Burleson try to convince Reggie Bush to join him in Michigan a little bit while back. That's right. Uh, This took back actually about a month ago. Uh, But he said he looked right into the camera and said, hey, Reggie Bush needs to come here and play. We'll kill it here. Uh, Who basically, who is one of the top running backs? Uh, He thinks it's Reggie Bush. He said this, quote, Reggie Bush, you already took your talents to South Beach. Come on to Detroit. I know it's not as sunny and it might not be the same type of glitz and glamour. But you can do wonders for us, end quote. So, of course, Bush, I mean, this guy rushed for 2,000 yards in two seasons. I mean, that's a great stat. 996 in 2012 on a career-high 227 attempts. Uh, and then the last two seasons, I mean, he's had 13 runs of 20-plus yards. And, and I think with the Lions needing that breakaway guy, looking at that top flight, who's going to be that game-changer at running back, it might be the option. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Other options that the Lions to look at at running back. Uh, are there any other guys out there? Is it is it going to be a draft pick? Are you going to look at this draft and look at some of the guys that run those quick forty times that we've seen uh, to maybe step in there? We talked about it two weeks ago with uh, some of the shocking four to eight times at the forty, coming close to Chris Johnson. But yeah, uh, it could be anyone. Uh, and, and with Detroit, you know, they do have some questions with Brandon Pettigrew at the tight end position. Uh, of course, Jarvis Jones could be the guy after being cleared by the orthopedist. He could be a good fit for the Lions. Uh, of course, Von Miller in Denver play that outside linebacker position. He could do a little bit of the same for the Lions. But then again, I mean, we've seen the Lions when it comes to linebackers. We've seen them take hits on Ernie Sims. We've seen them take chances on Boss Bailey. I mean, we've seen the Lions draft linebackers before with high ceilings. What, what, what do you think... Is going to be the determinant that's going to let the Lions know that, hey, the injury to Jarvis Jones is not nearly as bad as the concussions were to Ernie Sims. They were not nearly as bad as to some of the symptoms that Boss Bailey experienced at Georgia. Now, Jarvis Jones, another former Georgian, uh, I mean, <laughs> this is a guy that, unlike maybe Boss Bailey, uh, could step in right away and make a pretty big difference. Uh, of course, Lions with such a high pick, uh, could be the could be the hole. Of course, defensive end is also a big one. Uh, Rams defensive end William Hayes uh, is rumored to be in pursuit by the Lions, uh, so that could be another option for them. Uh, then, of course, today Percy Harvin is heading out of Minnesota via trade. That's right. Uh, what does that mean to the Lions? It means a whole lot. Congratulations, Detroit. You don't have to face Percy Harvin anymore. Uh, According to this, he's heading to Seattle. Uh, that could be a good fit for him there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you think that's great. But I mean, Percy Arvin's twenty-four. Scary player, seven thousand one hundred and sixty-eight yards all purpose, twenty-nine touchdowns career. Scary. I mean, we saw him this season. Killed the Lions. But again, that's the Lions with no cornerbacks. Uh so it could be a little bit of a uh a little bit of a flip flotted debate, but For me, I'm not really saying it. Uh, We've got about 12 minutes left of the show, and like I said at the beginning of the show, we do have our annual Chad Ocho Zero segment. What it is is each week at the Spartan Sports Wrap, we talk about Chad Johnson and basically how he can't stay out of the media. Uh, Last week, he was tweeting that because of his old grammar mistakes. uh, It's unacceptable. He won't be tweeting for a week, but guess what? Chad Johnson, after saying he won't tweet for a week, Gets on hours later and starts tweeting again. We saw him with the domestic abuse case. We saw him getting released from the Dolphins. We've seen him all over the map, but he just unfortunately cannot hang on. Uh, Again, I'd like to let you know that Chad Johnson uh, is our Chad Ocho Zero once again. Uh, We'll keep you updated each week until Chad Johnson just cannot stay out of the news. Uh, Moving on now from the Detroit Lions free agent talks and Chad Johnson even. I want to talk uh, briefly just for a minute or two about MSU hockey. This MSU hockey team dropping close games, doubleheaders throughout the year. Just really could not get anything going. But they had a huge upset win against Alaska, 4-3 to the other night. And they're slowly moving on in the CCHA tournament. Yes, Wisconsin and Penn State coming in next year. Uh, what that will do for you. I mean, I want to hear it. Do you think that this Michigan State hockey team has any chance... Of being a predominant CCHA contender, five one seven four three two three eight nine three, and of course the women's basketball te- basketball team dropping a close one last night to Purdue. Uh, Clarissa Bell having to guard all sorts of shooters, hot shooters from Michigan, from Purdue, uh, just could not keep up. Unfortunately, we had her on last week, uh, two weeks ago exactly. Uh, but uh, like I said, um, Clarissa Bell, obviously being the leader, the big surprise there's still a lot, a long way to go. I mean, this team obviously is going to make a run at the tournament this year, and so we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, back to college basketball, we do have a caller on the line. We want to get to him right now. Hey, uh, you're on the Spartan Sports Trap, WDBM. Anything you'd like to talk about, sir? Hello, you're on the Spartan Sports Trap. Who is yeah, this? Yeah,
1: hey, um, you know, I'm thinking um, Keith Appling has been a little inconsistent in the, uh, in the big, you know, in, in the... Big Ten season and right. the playoffs coming up. Do you think he may, Mr. Izzo, Coach Izzo, will switch him to the op, from the point guard to maybe an off guard huh. to get him, you know, more of a util, utilize him that way instead of as a point
3: guard?
2: Yeah, that's a good thought. Now, before I answer that question, I want to hear your opinion. But also, why do you why why do you think do you think that basically just his inconsistencies alone? Would would be just the fact that he might want to give Gary the ball or maybe he wants Troyce bringing it up? Or what do you think the options are if, if they do move Appling?
1: You know, I'm not quite sure. I just think that Appling might be better served. I think that, you know, being the point guard sometimes is a little too much pressure for him. And he's such a good athlete, such a good player, mm-hmm. that maybe we could use him as an off guard. So I'm not really sure. I actually kind of heard Tim McCormick uh, mention it uh last, last night on the sports work uh on, uh Fox two so he was saying that was one thing. Um you know Coach Izzo is known for coming up with great strategies in the playoffs so I thought you know I'd run it by you see, see what you thought. And,
2: hey uh, first of all what's your name where are you calling from?
1: I'm calling from the Walled Lake area. My name is Sports Kaplan.
2: Ah very good. Uh hey, listen sports appreciate your call uh listen, uh what I think about Keith Appling and, and what that could do um is honestly I think that could hurt the team and this is why. We we've seen Keith Appling this year. We, we've seen him sure follow out late in games. We've seen the turnovers uh, and of course we've seen Travis Trice uh of course come into games, you know, doing his job is as, as that is that guy off the bench that's going that's going to run the offense, not committing any turnovers. But if you move Keith Appling to a number two, trying him out a little bit, and you do have Travis Trice bringing it up, uh, what I think that will do is it, it won't really hurt Keith Appling's performance, but I think it will fluctuate the lineup. And, and and if you do move Keith Appling, and what I mean by that is if you do move move Keith Appling to a number two position, and if you do have you know a Travis Trice bringing it up, well you've got five great players in Harris, Valentine, Payne, Nick's Dawson, and that's not even counting Ghana and some of the guys that we also see. I mean, how would those guys match with Appling being more of a shooter than than what we've seen from a Chauncey Billups from Detroit or what we've seen from, you know, Mateen Cleese when he was there? I, I think Appling, of, of course, from being a phenomenal athlete, I mean, he just brings that total package, sports. Uh, uh, moving him, I don't think, is the right move. And, I mean, sure, certainly maybe for next year that could be something that Izzo would want to try out, but... I, I don't know. I think for the tournament, Izzo going to want to see him there, uh, and unless something isn't working. I mean, sports. I want to hear from you. Uh, what do you think has well, d- been the biggest know, I, problem? I
1: actually, I I was actually listening to the Tom Izzo uh, show a little earlier this evening, and he just said we're going to have a couple good days of practice, and I think he's going to get them ready. And, um, you know, I'm 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 agreeing with you. I think that you know maybe no change is good at this point. I just thought I'd run it by you, is what your opinion was because. You're up there, and I'm down here in the uh-huh. Detroit area, and I don't sure. see it as much as you. But, hey, no, uh, we, we
2: definitely do get a lot of calls from the Detroit area. So, hey, you're still up there with us because, listen,
1: uh, as long as— I believe green and white. I believe I <laughs> green and white. I, I graduated in 84, so, hey, uh, good, yeah, let's go let's go green, and thanks for taking my call.
2: Absolutely, sports. Great to have you on. Sports Kaplan calling from Walled Lake, Michigan from the Detroit area. That's a good point, though. I mean, what if we did see Keith Appling run in the two? And then you, whoa, you're going to put Gary Harris, freshman, Big Ten player of the year. You're going to put him at the point guard position? Or maybe you'll put Travis Trice. could switch up some teams. Tom Izzo said, hey, we're going to be ready. What if he's saying that, yeah, we're going to be ready with all kinds of packages. We're going to be ready with all kinds of formats and, and systems for, the, for this offense. So, of course, I'd love to hear from you. Do you agree with sports? Would you run Keith Appling at the two? Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Uh We only have a couple minutes left in the show. Uh, so before we get to our goon of the week, like I said to, to start the show, the Detroit Pistons got an early St. Patrick's Day uh, present last night from DeAndre Jordan. That's right. DeAndre Jordan and the Los Angeles Clippers uh, were out west, and they were Lob City. That's right. Basically, Chris Paul threw up a an noop, and after having a 20-point lead, and the Pistons not able to control anything, Anything that the Clippers threw out them. Brandon Knight was the lone hero and tried to stop the alley-oop. He was right under the basket. Chris Paul threw a lob to DeAndre Jordan right there, right right in front of the basket. Brandon Knight jumps up with DeAndre Jordan. And DeAndre Jordan tomahawks and throws Brandon Knight to the ground. All kinds of memes looking out after this one. A bunch of media blowups. It was number one at uh This one just... If you're a Detroit Pistons fan, I mean, this just characterizes their season. You're going to let Brandon Knight, I mean, he looks to be the future of that team. He's the only one that's stepping in front of DeAndre Jordan. I mean, not even Max Sealer or, or Greg Monroe would even step in front of a hoop like that. Uh, but, nonetheless, uh, blown out by the Clippers. Uh, we've heard many people say it. Uh, I want to read, actually, a tweet from a, a pretty big follower of ours. Uh, this came from uh, Aaron Jordan. Uh, this tweet... Uh he basically just talked about how uh, uh he uh, he's heard some guys summarize it best. And what he means by that is uh, uh, is is that I mean there have been all kinds of guys that have have, have talked about this Pistons team. Uh, but one guy says it best. Uh, he says, uh, let's look to next year. Hopefully they won't do the same mistakes on the cap that they did to Gordon Villanueva. I mean, that's basically the theme of this team. So we'll see what happens with the Detroit Pistons team as they slowly move on throughout this year uh also along with this detroit piston team it's time for our annual segment uh it's somewhat a little bit goony and it goes a little bit something like this goon, 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 goon. Goon. of the week that's right it's our goon of the week and this week we actually have two the first one i want to talk about is quite a riot uh of course If you're a baseball player, there are many times where you chew some gum, some chewing tobacco even for some. Uh, But, you know, if you're looking at, you know, if you're chewing some gum, logic is you throw it away, you know, after his chewing session. If it gets a little bit old, if you're in the game, you throw it away. But would you ever think that by throwing away a piece of gum, you'll get injured and you have to stay out for some games? Well, Oakland Athletics outfielder Michael Taylor, uh, who, of course, is, is floating a little bit, between the Oakland Athletics and, and their A team. But this guy threw out his gum, and while he was throwing it out with an upward motion, hit his hand, that's right, his whole hand, he hit on a light, on a stadium light, and while he was throwing it away, the ceiling light gave him two gashes on his pinky finger uh, that he picked up while throwing it away, but it kept him out from practicing and could even result in another year at Triple A. And even keep him out for some games. So maybe they should have some warnings on chewing gum. Could chewing gum cause some injuries? Put a disclaimer on it. I mean, for Michael Taylor, throwing away his piece of gum, maybe right on the bazooka package, look at all surroundings. Look up. Look, look what you're doing. I mean, I haven't heard a case like this ever. When a player throws away a piece of gum that he was using the trash keeps him out from practicing, and overall just injured. I mean, the guy couldn't really play in the game. Two gashes on his pinky finger in spring training. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've got a guy behind the glass, Evan, right here. I mean, mean, give me a nod. What do you think about an injury like this, man? (laughs) Crazy. That's right. Uh, So besides for that, uh, we do have one more goon, and we're we're actually going to end the show in one minute. Uh, But the last goon I want to talk about is Dirk Nowitzki. That's right. Dirk Dirk from the Mavericks uh last night if you caught uh, this was a couple nights ago if you caught it Dirk Nowitzki was shooting the basketball and in the middle of his shot with a wide open shot in the corner stopped the middle of his form so he was already on the up release right before he released it he he stopped the ball he, he held onto the ball brought it back down so it was an up and down he jumped came down with the ball then headbutted the ball out of bounds to the referee Gave it a headbutt. I mean, what is this? Soccer? Turkey, you're gonna play for Germany soccer team too? Oh my goodness. He is certainly the goon along with Michael Taylor this week. I want to appreciate all of you who have called in Sports Kaplan, Elmo from Detroit, uh, Sports from Wall Lake. I appreciate it. Uh, Of course, I want to thank Dan Cryer, who was our special guest today from Athletic Communications from MSU. And I want to remind you, we'll be back next Monday with a special guest from the Detroit Tigers. That's right. So you definitely want to stay tuned next Monday on the Spartan Sports app for everything we have coming. You've been listening to WDBM East Lansing 88.9, St. Patrick's this Sunday, Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you soon.
0: Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, you've been listening to
2: Impact Exposure.